Welcome everyone, good to see you. My name is Tim Harris, pastor at Woodburn Baptist Church. Delighted to have you, all of you, uh, all of you in this house, all of you in the overflow, anybody joining us through video, friends in Oklahoma, we love all of you. Take your Bibles with us and open to Ephesians chapter four, Ephesians chapter four, verse 17. Starting a new message series this morning entitled, What Do You Think? What Do You Think? Uh, all of this comes from Romans chapter 12, verse 2, a very important verse in Scripture. It's a verse you probably know. But Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says something very fundamental to Scripture and very essential to the Christian life. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, uh, commands us actually to let God transform us into a new person. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says that God wants to and we should allow him to transform us into a new person by letting him change the way we think. Romans chapter 12, verse 2, do not be conformed by the pattern of this world, but be ye transformed, the King James says, by the renewing of your minds. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Understand that the spiritual life operates from the inside out. It operates from the inside out. That The scriptures call all the attention to the inner person. And that inner person is best expressed by my thought life, by the way I think. And I'm telling you, God can't begin to work and change in my life until he can begin to work and change the way I think. And this is where this sermon series comes from. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. We'll start in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. Scripture is absolutely filled with these references. Scripture constantly, constantly brings us back to, 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 um, to understanding of the importance of our heart, the importance of the mind, the importance of our, our inward life. And yet we tend not to place that same importance when it comes to our own devotional life. So let's begin. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. Listen to what the Word of God says. With the Lord's authority, I say this. Live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Okay, stop right there. I just got to stop. He's talking to Gentiles. Paul's writing a letter to a church that's predominantly Gentiles, and he says, you guys got to stop thinking like Gentiles. Well, they are Gentiles. You understand? In the ancient world, from a Jewish perspective, there are Jews, and then there are Gentiles. That's the entire human race. That's everybody, Jews and Gentiles. But Paul says, you've got to quit thinking like Gentiles, and he's talking to Gentiles. In other words, in Paul's mind, there are Jews or Gentiles, but then they're, they're the people of God. We're like a third race. We're, we're totally separate from the world, from Christ's perspective. And so truly, he's saying here, you've got to stop thinking like people. You've got to stop thinking like everybody else. You've got to learn to think differently. Now start again. With the Lord's authority, I say this. Live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But that isn't what you learned from Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, put off, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life 
which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Say that with me. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Take your seats. All through Scripture, in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, all through Scripture, there is this constant emphasis about the heart or about the mind. The Old Testament says we're supposed to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, all of, all of our strength, all of our, our mind. Scripture's constantly calling us back to, to that inner person. But unfortunately, we often don't think a lot about the inner person. We're mostly concerned about the outward person. We're very concerned about behavior and actions, and, and Scripture is very concerned about behavior and actions too. But the point that the Scripture makes is that all of our actions, everything on the outside, it has its origins. You can connect the dots back to to what's on the inside, what's in your heart, what's in your mind. I want us to begin thinking about thinking. I want you to begin thinking about your thought life, the person you are on the inside that nobody else knows. There's an old saying that says, if everyone knew the innermost thoughts of everyone else, there wouldn't be five friends left on earth. Think about it. If, if everyone knew the innermost thought of everyone else, there wouldn't be five friends left on earth. To illustrate that, I, I want to show you a clip from one of, uh, it's just an amazing moment in, in American theater. This is a clip from Gilligan's Island. <laughs> this is an episode where Gilligan finds a bush that uh, if you eat the seeds from the bush, you can read people's minds. Okay, so at the beginning of the scene, Gilligan appears with bags of seeds for all of his friends. They're going to eat the seeds, and they're going to learn to read each other's minds. Watch what happens. This is Gilligan. Actually, that was me. <laughs> but here's Gilligan. Hi, everybody. I'm back. I promised plenty of seeds to everyone, and here they are. <laughs> Ready, lovey? Ready. Rather like the flavor of truffles, haven't they? Never mind what they taste like. Let's just see if they work. I think a little hollandaise sauce would improve them. This isn't a recipe contest. Now, lovey, um, think of something. All right. <laughs> Ready. You changed your mind. Instead of hollandaise sauce, you think they taste better with sauce bernaise. Oh, darling, how clever of you. You've read my mind exactly. Yes, now, now I'll, I'll think of something. Uh, uh, better take a booster shot. <laughs> really, Thurston, how can you? But, lovey... I don't mind your stealing from the others, but to steal seeds from your own wife. <laughs> oh, why did I ever marry you? Oh. <laughs> okay, Skipper, sure. Here it is. 
This mine rating sure beats talking a mile. I don't have to give every order twice. It's a lot quieter, too. Do you have to yell that loud? Well, I didn't say a word. Yeah, but you were thinking so loudly. Hand me that bamboo pole. Gilligan, you are, you... A nincompoop, that's what you're thinking. Exactly. And not only that, I... What do you mean, if I hadn't been so fat, this wouldn't have happened? Oh. That's exactly what you were thinking. I know, but... Oh, is that so? Yes, that's so. And not only that... I'm a what? Glad you can read my mind. I'm too much of a lady to say those things. Well, here's something for you. If everyone knew the innermost thoughts of everyone else, there wouldn't be five friends left on earth. Interesting, huh? It's interesting because my thoughts are completely mine. Completely mine. You you never know exactly what I'm thinking, and, and I don't know what you're thinking, and we should all be thankful for that. We just don't know. You do not have access to my mind. Nobody does. And it's a really fascinating sort of, of thing that allows me to live a really interesting kind of life. It means I have this outward life, and I have this inward life. And honestly, you have no idea how related or unrelated those two things are. And it's, it's, it's interesting, and, and it's also very, very important to understand for the spiritual life. The way we think of our thought life as, as so completely our own, so very, very private, but because it is, you'll never know what I'm thinking unless I choose to tell you or, or in, unless I choose to act out my thoughts, and I usually don't. I usually do not act out or say what I'm thinking. Now, now sometimes there'll be a person in your life who sort of loses that filter, I mean, we have a filter that usually keeps us from saying everything we think. Have you ever known anybody who just goes ahead and says it? Uh, yeah, you may have a, sometimes older people lose that filter. I'm planning to. I think that's part of the fun, fun of being 90 or, or, or whatever. I was in a room once with this elderly lady, a great Christian lady, a great Christian lady. I was in a room with her and this other woman. And the other woman got up and just walked. We were in a house trailer. She only went like 10 feet. But as soon as she was out of sight, the other lady said, How much do you think that girl would weigh? You don't say that. And now I'm supposed to answer. I said, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have this conversation out loud. If she's thinking that in her head, how much do you think that girl would weigh? You don't say that. We don't say those things. There are a lot of things we just don't ever say, and therefore, nobody has any idea what's between these ears. Nobody has any idea. And I use that secrecy to my full advantage. I use that to my full advantage. What this means is, as a Christian man, as, as a pastor, I work very hard on the outside. 
And I've got it down pretty good, to be honest. On the outside, I act and behave exactly like a good Christian man ought to act and behave. I I do. I really strive to. And and I try to act and behave and speak exactly as a Christian pastor ought to act and behave and speak. I do. I, I have this down pretty well. I'm a rule follower. And in my marriage, I act and behave and speak exactly as a, a Christian husband ought to act and behave as a father. I try my best to act and behave and speak exactly as a Christian father should act and behave and speak. But y'all know what? You want to know my dirty little secret? It can be very, very different inside here. What's coming out of my mouth or or, or what I'm acting, what I'm doing at the moment, it may be completely disconnected from from what's going on inside here. And I don't think I'm different. I believe if you were as honest as I'm being, you'd say the very same thing. Here's what I really want you to connect with when it comes to your spiritual life. It really does matter what's inside. It, It matters a great deal what's inside. And the fact is, for my spiritual life, this is where my struggle is. This is where a lot of my sin is. It dwells in my thought life. It dwells in my, in, in my thought life. This is where I stumble. My thought life can be almost like my own little private rebellion from God. You understand what I'm saying? It's private. It's secret. I let my thoughts sometimes just run wild, and inside me, inside my heart and mind, there's a very unruly man. Do you understand what I'm saying? I don't think I'm that different from the rest of you. I'm just simply saying that that I have the outside very well polished in speech and in behavior, but on the inside, there's not a lot of control there. I have a very unruly mind sometimes. And this is a problem. It's a problem. It is a very serious problem for me and for you. There's an old saying that goes, sow a thought, reap an act or an action. Sow like plant, sow a thought, reap an action. Sow an action, reap a habit. Sow a habit, reap your character. And sow character, And reap a destiny. Notice how those dots connect. Sow a thought, reap an action. Sow an action, reap a habit. Sow a habit, reap reap your character. Sow character, you you reap your destiny. I thought a lot about that coming into this message series. And honestly, as you're beginning to understand how my brain works, I started thinking, I don't know about that. I don't know if I agree completely with that, and I'll tell you why. It's because I don't necessarily act out everything I think. I think some weird stuff, people, and you do too. I can look you in the face. I don't know what you're thinking. I just know it's weird. We think some weird things. I have thoughts that just bubble up out of somewhere inside of me. I don't know where it comes from, but I think of stuff that I would never act out. I think of things I could say I will never say. So so honestly, it is not so clear-cut as to say, sow a thought, reap an action. I I just don't act out everything I think, and y'all can be glad for that. I'm glad. Not everything that happens inside my head ever makes its way out into expression. But you know what? It's interesting, because 
scientists have come a long way in understanding our brain. And one of the things that is now perfectly clear, Google this if you're doubting me, every single thought in my head, every single thought in your head, it's not fleeting. It, it leaves a footprint in your brain. Every single thought that goes through your mind, it releases a tiny amount of some chemical in your brain. Do you understand that? Every thought. Every single thought has some chemical component in your brain. No matter how fleeting, no matter how insignificant that thought seems to you, it leaves its mark. In other words, once I have a thought, I'm changed. I am not altogether the same person that I was prior to that thought. My brain chemistry has been altered ever so slightly. Now that's scientific and that's as far as I can go in explaining it. But, but the very simple fact is, I am changed by my thoughts, by every thought. Whether I ever act that thought out or, or speak that thought in, in, into actual relationship or existence, my thoughts still alter me. That They literally alter my mind, my brain. The, the inward person that I am truly, that person is shaped by thoughts, which means very, very simply... I truly become what I think about, and you do too. Now, I'm not saying you're going to act out everything you think of. I'm not saying you're going you're to speak every word that pops into your mind, but I am telling you that very truly, you are becoming what you think about. That inward person, what that inward person in your thought life, what you run to, what you allow your brain to, to ruminate upon, the kinds of chemicals you're soaking your brain in at this very moment, do you understand it's changing you? It's changing you. And, and as C.S. Lewis would say, either you are changing to become more of a heavenly creature or you are changing to become more of a hellish creature. Either you're becoming more like Christ or you're becoming less like Christ with every single thought. Now that's the truth. Back to the scripture with me. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 17. Listen to what the word of God says. This is not an isolated passage. With the Lord's authority I say this. Live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. Their minds are darkened. That's what Paul says. Now, who's he talking about? He's talking about everybody outside of Christ. He's talking about every single person on the planet who's ever lived and ever shall live. He's talking about every human being, and he says something very profound and very important about you and me. And that is simply, our minds are hopelessly dark, hopelessly dark, hopelessly closed. Our minds are constantly polluted and corrupted. In other words, when I say that I have thoughts sometimes, and I don't know where they come from, do you understand when Scripture is using all of these words like mind and, and, and heart and, and thoughts, we're all talking about just the inward person. And I don't know how to dissect that. I can't tell you exactly where some of my thoughts come from. I don't even want to think them sometimes, but they just pop into my mind or they bubble up from somewhere in the corruption of my soul. But this is what Paul says. Inside of me, it's hopelessly dark, 
hopelessly dark. Now, we're talking about outside of Christ. Understand that. Apart from Christ, everybody's hopelessly dark on the inside. It's bad. It's as bad as it can be, Paul says, but it goes from bad to worse. The words he uses are words like corrupt in verse 22. Our, our minds, our, our heart, the, the inward person is hopelessly corrupt by lust, by desires that come from lies. That's what verse 22 says. I have these desires in me. I have this inward struggle. And, and honestly, it's corrupt. I'm going from bad to worse. And apart from Christ, I will ultimately become a creature of hell if Christ doesn't intervene. But this is where he intervenes. He intervenes by changing the way I think, by changing the person I am on the inside. Verse 22, look at it. Throw off your old sinful nature, your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and lies. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Truly, the purpose of the Christian life is not just to take me to heaven. The purpose of the Christian life is for me to become more like Christ. Do you understand that? The purpose of your Christian life, the reason that Jesus died on the cross to forgive your sins, to separate you from your sins, is so that you could be made new, so that you could be transformed. He's making you into a new person, and the person you're going to be is a person like Christ. You are supposed to be like Christ. But this is a process that begins on the inside with that inward person. It begins with your thoughts. Jesus has to have access to your thoughts. He wants to change you from the inside out. He has to change the way you think. The way you think has to be radically transformed. In the scripture, Paul puts it like in, in the way of thinking of, of changing clothes. Notice what he says. But, but this isn't what you learned from Christ. Since you heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, verse 22, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life corrupted by lust and deception. you got to throw that off. The image that he's using is like the image of, of changing clothes. Yesterday, we were having company for supper last night. So yesterday, I went home after the missions emphasis weekend, and I had a yard to mow, and it was hot outside. I mowed that yard in high gear as fast as I could. Then I got the push mower out, and I was running around the yard doing the trim and the weed eating. When all this was over, I was covered with grass and sweat and bugs. And I walked in the door, and the first thing Casey said was not, hey, honey, thanks for all the hard work you're doing. The first thing she said was, don't you come in the house like that. Don't you come in the house like that. Yeah. Force me to strip right there in the garage. Yeah, right there at the door. I was not allowed to come in the house. Why? Because the whole time I was cleaning outside, she's cleaning inside, and she's not going to let me walk through in those clothes, in those shoes. So what did she say? Take it off, which is what I did. I had to put those clothes off, and I had to put new clothes on. And this is the image that Paul's using here. This is the closest way to, to think about what happens when Christ comes into your life. 
There are things in your life that have to be thrown off. It's like changing clothes. They're no longer appropriate. You see, the yard was clean. The house was clean. The only thing at that point that was not clean was me. It was me. I had to be transformed at that moment. And it started with throwing some things off and putting some things on. And this is what Paul is saying. One of the things as a believer, if you have any seriousness whatsoever about being a Christian, about living this Christian life, one of the things you have to put off is the old way of thinking. The the old way of thinking. You can't think like people think. You can't think like everybody else. Something has to happen inside you, inside your heart, inside your mind. Christ needs to transform your inward life, your thoughts. He's got to change the way you think. It's not just in this passage. Paul talks about the importance of having the the mind of of Christ. Scripture talks about the, the importance of loving the Lord with all of your mind. Do you understand This isn't something new that we can add to the Christian life. This is the Christian life. You want to know how you're doing in becoming more and more like Christ? Pay attention to your thoughts. Do you think like Christ? Because if you don't think like Christ, you can't become like Christ. Do you understand? If you don't think like Christ, you can't become like Christ. Yesterday, Brett Hightower said, Brother Tim, I read that newsletter article about your new series, and I just want to tell you, I don't think I got that much going on in here. That's what Brett said. Apparently, the lights are on, but nobody's home, Brett. Uh, I don't think I have that much going on in here. Yeah, I want to talk about that in, in, a, in a coming message, Brett, because there's a reason why you would say that, and it's awesome. Uh, but there's a reason why Brett Hightower, of all people, w- would say that. But honestly, some of us say that. You know, Brother Tim, you're talking about all this crazy stuff in your head. I just think you're crazy. You just must be crazy. Because I don't think I got all that much going on in here. I'm not thinking about that much at all. As a matter of fact, I don't think I've thought in years. This is what I'm saying. You are thinking. There's an awful lot going on inside of there. You just don't think about it. You're not aware of the person you are on the inside. You're not really aware of the significance of what happens inside your heart, inside your mind, the things that you don't even speak. And for many of us, that's our problem. This is exactly where we get stuck in the Christian life because because we're not changing to become more like Christ on the outside because we're not becoming more like Christ on the inside. We don't think like Christ. We don't have the mind of Christ. Paul says you've got to put off the old way of thinking and you've got to put on the new way. Notice what he says. Put on your new nature created to be like God. Truly righteous and holy. Verse 24. Let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature. You put off the old. You put on the new. And it has everything to do with the way you think. So here's what I want you to do. Here's exactly what I want you to do in the coming weeks. And it starts right here today. I want you, before God, to surrender your right to keep your thoughts to yourself. 
I'm asking you to surrender that right to keep your thoughts to yourself. I'm not saying you're going to start sharing your thoughts with everybody. Please don't take us there. I'm saying that you have to invite Jesus in. It's very easy for us to talk about asking Jesus into our heart. We're we're real comfortable with that because that doesn't mean much, really, when we stop and think about what that means. We don't even know what that means. We can use that language, letting Christ into our heart. I'm telling you, you're going to have to let Jesus into your mind. You have to surrender your thought life to him. You have to give up that right to think that your thoughts are your own. They're not. My thoughts are not my own. I belong to Christ. He purchased me by his blood. And that means he has full access. He must have full access and full lordship over my thought life. I have to give that up. I said at the start of this message that that, that my thought life is, is sort of my private rebellion. It is. Do you understand what that means? That means that that is the stronghold in my life. This is the point where where Jesus' lordship ends. Do you see? It's, It's at the part where my thought life begins because I keep those for myself. I won't gossip out loud, but I'll think gossip. I won't commit adultery, but I'll think lustful thoughts. And remember what Jesus said? He said, if you commit adultery in your heart, in your thoughts, then then you're as guilty as anybody. Do you understand? Jesus always connects the dots back to your thoughts. He talked to the Pharisees and he said, you Pharisees, you're all concerned about washing and cleaning the outside of the cup, the outside of the vessel, but the inside is filthy. You see, that's what makes a Pharisee a Pharisee. They clean up the outside and the inside remains filthy. You have to surrender your mind to him. You have to give Jesus full access to your thoughts. And I want to ask you to do that today. In a time of response, I want you to ask Jesus to come into your mind. I want you to give Jesus that permission, that access to every thought in your head. Ask Jesus to begin showing you the darkness of your own thoughts, the sinfulness of your own thoughts. Ask Jesus to show you the way that you have your own private rebellion every single day, the minute your eyes open and your brain turns on. Do you understand? If you say that Jesus is Lord of your life, then he must be Lord of your mind, Lord of your thoughts. If he's not Lord of your thoughts, he's not Lord of anything for you. Do you understand that? If he's not the master of your heart, your mind, your thoughts, then he's not your master. It's the thing about my thoughts. You can't see them. You don't know them. And that's what allows me many, many days of my life to live like a Pharisee. I can keep the outside polished and and presentable, but... But the inside, my thought life, it's a very different story. 
But the truth of the Christian life, the truth of Scripture is this. You can never become like Christ until you learn to think like Christ. You must let him be Lord of your thoughts. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, it, it was the Pharisees who put all of their emphasis on actions, on, on religious duties, on, on good deeds. And Jesus, you're the one who came and could see inside their hearts. You could see their thoughts. You could read their minds. Lord Jesus, even though we somehow hide inside our thoughts, Lord, we don't let anybody else know what we're thinking. Lord, we know that our thoughts are not hidden from you. Nothing is hidden from you. So, Lord Jesus, today, as a congregation, help us, Lord, by your grace, but by your courage, Lord, help us simply to pray that prayer, Lord, where we invite you to examine our thoughts. Lord Jesus, know our thoughts, search our hearts, see every anxious, sinful dark way inside of us and lead us out from it. Lord Jesus, help us to put off the, the old way of thinking, the way the world thinks, the way we've always thought, Lord. Change our minds, Lord Jesus, so that you can change our hearts and transform us into new people like you, O oh Christ. Lord Jesus, there is sin in our lives. It's not always public. It's not even always revealed at all, Lord. It lives inside of us. It lives inside our thoughts. Jesus, I pray that you would be Lord of our whole lives, our, our hearts, our strength, Lord of our minds. Help us, Lord, to give up that right to keep our thoughts to ourselves. Help us, Lord, to surrender every single thought to you. We pray this in your precious and holy name.